Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. Father, 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 Father. In heaven, holy is your name. May we grasp that at an even better level today. I ask you to send your Holy Spirit to minister and to move. In Jesus' name, I pray. According to the slide on your screen, it's a journey. Fatherhood, freedom. How about we take a step or two down that path today? that okay with you? Well, good, because even if it isn't. (laughs) See, everyone in my hearing, we all have three things in common. That's one. No, three things in common. Um, We all have or had a bio dad, a bio dad. We all have a path to our Heavenly Father. We now have a way to access Him, His ways, His thinking. Third, every one of us has a purpose, a destiny, a design that that same Heavenly Father thought of before the foundations of the earth, before time began, and chose to manifest you, us, everyone within my hearing, now. So in that way, we have all things in common when it comes to Father's Day. Everything else is a mixed bag. Some in the room have, in, within our tribe, have an absolutely phenomenally wonderful experience with their earthly father and even their earthly father's father. Some of us in the room have had a horrible Experience One that would be rated M.A. if it were ever told, or whatever. Absolutely horrible experience. Most of us are somewhere in between. My uh, earthly father was uh, born in Springfield, Illinois. He had to grow up in Kentucky because his earthly father committed suicide. My earthly father was extraordinarily bright. He ended up going to medical school at Northwestern University and interning at Denver General Hospital where he met this med tech named Darlene who ended up being my mother. My father was someone deeply revered in our small hometown in Montana. He did He was more like, he really was more like a pastor when I look back, whose ministry was through medicine. He was a brilliant diagnostician. And with practically no resources in that very rural county, uh, just did a ton of good. 
but his, whatever you want to call it, his bedside manner, his psychological ministry, his presence with people was what really distinguished my father. Pretty good stuff, right? It also cost him his life. His ministry, which he'd never called it that. He allowed that to supersede everything else. And he died when I was barely 16. And he died in a way that wasn't very dignified. So I went for decades, literally, without a biological father, making it up on my own as I went, fortunate to have had a good enough background and a good enough start that I could behave my way to success and to status. So I never ended up going down the road that so many have with addiction or pornography or any of the other things. I cleaned up and looked a lot nicer than a lot of men do. But I was just as screwed up inside as was anybody. It's just harder to see it. And then later in life, way later in life, and I just texted with him this morning, the Lord sent me a spiritual dad. Rocked my world. I had never even, I had been doing it on my own for so long, I never even stopped. I long since had gotten past assaying the results of my life. Outward success, Old Testament success, American dream success. At what cost? To myself and other people. I'd read the Bible my whole life. But I met a man who lived it. I knew about the kingdom of God a lot. And I met a man who lived it and modeled it. I'm a different man entirely than even the one Sherry married let alone who I was at 16, 18, 20, 25. Unrecognizable. I've said this many times. I am so thankful that the Internet came, on, came around later. <laughs> there are no videos out there. <laughs> there are no tweets out there. <laughs> right? That's a tiny bit of my testimony. You see, it is possible to live with joy unspeakable and peace unshakable. Both are fully available. They're typically attained by precious few. Those who do attain it entered and over time stuck with a journey of steps. So today, together, let's take a couple of big steps in the direction of joy, peace, hope, and destiny. Shall we? Next slide, please. I'm going to ask you to stand. The Lord is, the Bible is full of scriptures about fathers. Just absolutely astonishing how much of the Bible is devoted to the subject of fathers. My gosh, if you just read the book of Proverbs, it's shocking. But today, let's just focus on three verses that do a good, strong job of summarizing where Things stand. Let's read these aloud together. Ready? Read. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed his children after him. Death and life. And those who love it will be 
Hang on a sec. Life will eat its fruits. Power of the tongue. We always focus on the negative. Isn't there fruit from, isn't there life from, isn't there good, long-lasting fruit from life-giving words? It's really pleasant to eat for yourself and the next generations and those around you. Last scripture, ready, read. Children, Amen. You may be seated. Here we go. Next slide, please. I didn't get these definitions from anybody. I made them up. And I hope that the Holy Spirit truly was the one who helped me do that. For the purposes of this morning's message, a curse is nothing more than something that brings death, contributes to, promotes, furthers death. A blessing is just the opposite. Promotes life. Puts seeds in someone else or myself for life. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Now, curses and blessings occur either through acts of commission, things that we do, genuine compliments, affirming statements, exhortation, admonishment, encouragement, or acts of omission, something that someone should have said or done and failed to. Those sometimes hurt more and last longer than the actual overt acts of commission. Make sense? One of my favorite quotes ever, I repeat it often, every act alters the soul of the doer. So my dad screwed up a lot. And every act he did altered his soul. My dad really did a lot of things incredibly well and did a lot of things wonderfully. And every one of those acts altered his soul. How I responded to what my dad did, said, or didn't do, or didn't say was my act. And that act altered my soul. We good? So curses and blessings equally have payloads. Every curse, every blessing, every offense comes with a payload. The Holy Spirit of God farms and tends blessing. Satan and his minions and his vast army and his devils and his demons and his haunts farm and tend curses. Farm and and tend offense. (laughs) 
the thing that's long-lasting, the thing that crosses generations, is neither the, the um, curse itself or the blessing itself. The thing that crosses generations is the spirit behind it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but things in the unseen realm. Let me repeat that. It doesn't matter so much. The curse, which is a bullet, or the blessing, which is a love bomb, so much as it matters, the spirit behind it, the gunpowder behind the curse, or the life underlying the blessing. Intention is everything. And the devil loves to work with offense. Offense doesn't become a curse until we let him turn it into one. But it'll bring death sure as hell. Likewise, blessings can bring life. The spirit behind the behavior is what counts and that's why the Lord says, don't you ever judge that. Lest you be judged. Next slide, please. When we're talking about this subject, it's hard for me not to channel. What was that show? Conjunction Junction? Yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. Always hard for me to not do that here. But conjunctions matter. Have you ever had anybody say to you, you know, Sherry, I really love you, but... That would be good. <laughs> Anybody ever had that happen? Okay, now quickly put your hands down. Anybody ever said that to someone? Yes, of course. So the word but does those things it says on the screen. Whenever we say a statement to somebody about somebody behind their back or to their face, the but word <laughs> makes us separate. It cancels and precludes everything we just said in favor of what we're about to say. And every time you say but about or to someone, it takes dishonor, takes honor off the table or discounts it, or muddies it, or confuses it. Dilutes honor. We're taught just by life to use the word but in those statements. It's not life-giving. It's an opportunity for the devil to farm a curse. The word and does just the opposite. The word says, Sherry, I really love you, and I'm concerned about whatever. I really love you, and this is what I felt when you. Somebody's not present. You know, I really love that guy. I think he's awesome. You put the word and in there. I really love that guy. And you shut up. Because I really love him. Honor can enter the, the equation. 
Honor joins two statements. I mean, and joins two statements. And validates what I just said before. And the problem, the challenge with us, especially as Christians, is that duality. How can someone be lovable, capable, wonderful, worthy, and I really, really, truly love them? They're such a but sometimes. And what they did was so horrible, and they, and, and they betrayed me. So no wonder we stick a butt in the middle of that. And we show our butt in the middle of that. But God is never a God of mutually exclusive. God is always a God who entertains and manages duality just duality just fine. Nothing wrong with duality as a Christ follower. In fact, it's really, really good. It's very, very healthy. But feeds and depends on self-power and self-interest. If I'm putting but in there, it's because I'm protecting myself, I'm elevating myself, something. Something having to do with my pride and my ego. I don't want to look bad, but I want to look good when I say this. But fertilizes conflict. Just remember the last two or three times somebody said, la-da-da-da-da-da-da to you, but you already start to bristle and get ready to come back. It fertilizes conflict. And are statements that are mutually compatible. Both are okay at the same time. And allows that I honor my experience and don't dishonor you. And enables and promotes strength through love and humility. All power in God is found in humility lowliness, and fosters that instead of conflict. But if conflict is coming because insofar as it is up to me and as far as, as my, and my presence, the book of Romans says, keep the peace. I bring that to the table. If somebody else braces themselves, erupts, whatever, then the and positions me better for that conflict. So I don't have to defend the but. It's kind of a complex sentence. Did it make sense? And sets me up, if there is to be conflict, to maintain who I am in Christ in that situation. And creates a conduit for God's power. And establishes my position. And everything in the kingdom is position. There's your first take takeaway, my first deliverable from this morning's message. Conjunctions matter. When you feel but coming up, <gasps> Holy Spirit, respond, respond. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe and would be better. Because and helped me reframe and rephrase whatever I'm about to say. Next slide, please. I want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus in parenting classes. You won't find any. He never told anybody. He never said a word about how to be a father or a mother. He never said one time how to be parents. He never even addressed, he never even talked about parenting. Why? Well, it's up there. You don't have to answer that. Because in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, 
He said, think it a whole new way. Because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not about any of that stuff anymore. It's a new world. It's a new way of thinking. It's a different way of thinking. Yeah. He says, hang on a second. That was you before. Thank you, Mom and Dad and Holy Spirit and God. That's not you now. You're an entirely new creation. All the old has passed. Does that mean dishonor your mother or your father? Oh, no. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. This is an upgrade. He says, no, wait a minute. Hang on. Love your family. That's fine. Honor them. And you were adopted into a new one. A whole new race, as a matter of fact. So, love, honor, all that. And that ain't you no more. You are new. This is new. Compared to who you were, you're now an alien. Live with it. Learn it. Grow it. You'll like it. Two reasons. Two reasons this happened. You have entered the kingdom of God and you're a new creation. You're not of this world. You're part of a new race. You've been adopted into a new family. And he says every time somebody wants to talk about their family and their family loyalty, every single time, what does he say? Go back and take care of that business with your family of origin. What does he say? Say it. But what are the two words? They're on the screen. You can cheat. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I have learned that the better I do at that, the more things work out in my family of origin. Without my involvement or management. Because guess why? I engage the Holy Spirit of God. And the kingdom of God, Matthew 13, works like leaven in a loaf. Unseen, you can't see it. I don't know how it happened. It's just, wow, what, wait a minute. I kind of look forward to getting together with that family again instead of dreading it. Because I followed Him. You know, this morning, two people have read from Revolution, Revelation 5. And in there, it talks about the seven spirits of God. Remember that? When Tim read the whole sets of verses. I just wonder. This is not a theology lesson, but I genuinely wonder. To what extent or to what degree are the seven spirits of God mentioned in Revelation chapter 5? Revelation being the the revelation of Christ in his exalted state. That's what that whole book is. Don't let anybody else call call it anything else than that. It's all the things everybody else says it is. But the main thing is, is, is it shows who Jesus is and what he's really like in his exalted state. Now, the seven spirits of God. I just wonder to what extent are those the same as his seven I am statements? I am the 
bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the. 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 If I if I if I say yes when he says follow me, well, you fill in the rest. So, Father's Day. Next slide, please. We're gonna wrap this thing up. I don't know if it's gonna be on time, but we're gonna try. I'm kind of tired of church gatherings having to fit within exist within a time frame. I I kind of would like it even if we got to the point where if the Holy Spirit's moving, and maybe he isn't today. I'm okay with that, if he isn't. But if he is, I'm really okay with the parents relieving the, the kids' church workers and the kids rejoining us. I'm really okay if you've made family plans for you to just unceremoniously get up and leave. I'm really okay with that. I just want to please God. I just want to let the Holy Spirit do everything He wants to and not cut Him short. Okay? little mini sermon on John may have his 19 closings again today. No. If we, if we run late, okay. In my book. Man, this is... I'm not going to get off into the context of this verse. It is an important one. It, it does relate. It is apropos to what we are doing this morning. It's an ancient verse. It's among the first that God had Moses articulate. And I put it in a pretty liturgical, a pretty accurate translation of the Bible. So let me just let me just echo over you what God said to the Israelites through Moses. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. My father put death in me. He put life in me. And for years, I, I had a mixed bag of how I chose to respond. Today, to the best of my ability, with a massive amount of help from Holy Spirit, I'm still choosing life, freedom, healing, deliverance, thinking in new ways, letting God work, resigning as the master of my own life or the boss of the universe, Tender my resignation daily several times. You know, it's never too late to begin, people. It's never too soon to begin. To become. To become. To become becomers. We become what we behold. It's never too late, it's never too soon to change, to grow, to heal, to learn, to be set free, to transform. It's never too late to redeem our unpleasant experiences and invest in others our pleasant ones. 
So I've asked two very handsome men to go into the kitchen and bring out some notebooks and some pens and hand them out. Ready, set, go. Rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Offenses and curses are a little like effluent, or a little like toxins and poisons that get in the water. Make the water a little poisonous, make the water a little murky, make the water a little bad tasting. My living water inside me. Does that make sense? So if I have that river of polluted water flowing into me, and I leave it as a pond over time, no matter what I say, do, think, feel to other people, becomes a little polluted and a little toxic and a little bad tasting. Is that true? So maybe I need a sewage treatment plant. Go there if you're visual. Maybe I need fresh artesian water bubbling up, replacing that pond in me. Maybe he's never not a God of redemption. Maybe he's always wanting to save, heal, set free, then disciple. Maybe he's always, maybe what he really means it is when he says, I'm a vessel, maybe that's true. Right? Rivers of living water become more pure. Blessings are purifiers, cleaners. Blessings can overtake. There's life in blessing. what handsome A and handsome B are passing out (laughs) are things that many people like to call journals. Men are still a little sketchy about that word journal. It's a little too close to the word diary. (laughs) Some men are okay with it. These are notebooks, men. They are notebooks. If when I'm not looking you want to call it a journal, you're welcome to. Can I have the last slide, please, Tim? Your notebook is for you. It is not for publication. It is not with intention to share it with anybody else. This notebook is to record blessings and curses. Blessings we celebrate, we articulate, we record, and we share. We minister that blessing to others. It's never just for me, because even blessings will get stale in a pond. Everything in the kingdom is about sharing it with others and ministering to others. If I have been blessed, then I need to be a blessing. That's right. So we record our blessings so that we can then 
share them and minister them with others. We record our offenses so that they don't get turned into curses. So that the devil has nothing to farm. This is a gift to you. And for each thing that you do, I suggest this. Now, I am not a dictator in any way, shape, or form. This is how I would do it. This is just a suggestion. If these four components, you do them any way you want. Make this yours. This is between you and the Holy Spirit of God. And only that. Okay? So what you do first is you, I would, well, I'm, what I'm, what I'm going to write down, is that, was that a, an offense or was it something really pleasant? Okay, that's a blessing or it's a curse. I would write down B or C so that I could quickly thumb through my notebook <laughs> and find my blessings and find my curses, curse potentials. That's because I've been around databases a lot. <laughs> you don't have to. You can do it any way you want. But make sure that you write down whatever the action was. So-and-so did said, so-and-so did not do, did not say what they should have. Write it down. That's, a, that's an offense or potential of a curse. Make sense? Third, make sure that you record the cost. What happened to me as a result? Inventory the cost. Not just how did it make me feel. The Bible says that in another place that the tongue is like, you know, is like the bit in a horse's mouth. It's like the rudder on a ship. Just some simple little thing. Look back years later and you find out, wow, that took me way over here. I, I've told this story before. I'm going to do it real quick. How many of you enjoyed middle school or junior high school? No, no, raise your hand high if you did. So can we clap and cheer? Thank you. I'm so glad we honor and... No, no, there were three of you. No, there were. We celebrate and honor that. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I, 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 I did not... I was a very late bloomer. I did not clear five feet in height until I was a junior in high school. My voice didn't change. I didn't grow any whiskers till way late in high school. And, oh, I was cute in my Buddy Holly glasses and my butch haircut, but I wasn't cool. So, anybody, are you, I'm, we're so old. Just spring chickens, actually. <clears throat> We used to have sock hops yes. in junior yes. high, yes. right? Yeah. In the gym, yeah. 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 you go you go out in the gym floor, and you got to take your shoes off because after all, it's the gym floor, right. Right. and they play loud music, and you dance like awkward preteens and teens, or you didn't dance at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. exactly. Yeah. Well, I and I'm not telling anything out of school. I've told this story. I have her permission. High school classmate, classmate all through school, and actually a neighbor in our neighborhood. Her name is Carolyn. 
I was so infatuated with Carolyn. I don't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade. And um, it took me the whole dance to go ask her to dance. And I prayed it was a fast dance. Because <laughs> y'all know that a slow dance is a whole other dimension. I go up to her and I finally do it. And she says, Oh, you're too short. <laughs> but I'm okay. I slid her tires. No, I didn't. <laughs> Let her bicycle, yeah. <laughs> no, I did not. We've been friends. We were friends that day. We were friends every day there afterwards. I love her and her brother, and I worked for her dad for a long time. Anyway, but you know that stuck with me for decades. Things that coaches said to me stuck with me for decades. What did that cost me? It cost me... (laughs) It cost me... uh, I made the choice, but still the cost was it changed the image of who I saw in the mirror. It cost me all the things. So do you see what I'm saying by the third? Hey, wait a minute. Let's stop. And rather than just be an American Westerner and say, yeah, that happened and stuff it and run past it and say, but I'm okay. I'm okay. I'd, I'd just as soon be a stagnant pond and let that just live in me and turn yucky. Or we can say, no, wait a minute. I'm going to take a few minutes and figure out what that really did in me and to me. And then the last one is, if it's a curse, what do I do? He's never not a God of redemption. He's never not on the side of redeeming that action or that inaction. Never. Let's please don't waste our pain. Let's please don't waste our wilderness experience. Let's invest it instead. Take action. Invest it. What's the next step? If it's a curse, how do Jesus and I redeem this? When I first made this slide, I said, how do I redeem this? And then I realized that's pretty self-directive. That That kind of leaves Jesus totally out of the equation. And if he's my Lord and my master, then I would, and my Savior, then I would say, how do Jesus and I redeem this? And the Holy Spirit will jump right in and tell you. Do I need to forgive? Do I need to get healing? Do I need need to bless? Do I need to get some help? Do I need to minister to others who go through similar things once I'm healed? Hurt people, hurt people. Heal people, heal people. Free people, free people. If it's a blessing, how do Jesus and I celebrate this and multiply it? Do I just say thank you to that person in a very meaningful, from my toenails way? Do I praise it? Do I get on social media and post it? Publicly praise? Privately criticize? Do I pay it forward? 
Holy Spirit, show me somebody who I can pass this along to. Do I write about it? Blog, whatever, just or in my notebook? <laughs> Father's Day. Some of you in this room are rehearsing some wonderful things about fathers and past memories of Father's Day and so forth. Some of you in this room are rehearsing experiences, memories that are unpleasant. Some of you sense a blessing from your earthly father. Some of you experience something less than that. All I'm asking you to do in the next... According to that clock, it's about two minutes after 12. Why don't we go till about 10 after 12? And why don't we just practice in your notebook? Do anybody not have a pen? Okay. So I think what I might do is actually play a little bit on the keyboard just for some background so that you can have total privacy. Just take action. Let's let this morning be about redemption. Let's celebrate. Let's redeem. Let's multiply. Let's heal. Do you have your orders? Okay. Let's see. I think we'll uh, leave the left lights on but dim the one I'm with. That way people can see to right.
How's this? All right. Just going to speak some profound truth over you from your Heavenly Father. As a father, one who has been commissioned and anointed to bring your Father's blessing. This is truth. I'm going to speak it in first person as though I'm, pro- I'm proxy for your Heavenly Father. Here's what he says. For I knew all about you before you were born. I destined you from the beginning to share the likeness of my son. This means that my son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined your destiny ahead of time, I called you to myself and I transferred my perfect righteousness to everyone I called. And those who possess my perfect righteousness, I co-glorified with my son. I put my very glory inside you. Can you receive that this morning? Holy Spirit, help each person receive truth and to walk out this door in it. In Christ, you are lovable. In Christ, you are worthy. In Christ, you belong. In Christ, you are okay. And you will be okayer. In Christ, you are capable. In Christ or not, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The path is always open to me. You cannot ruin it. In the name of the Lord God Almighty and His Son, the Lamb of God, the author and finisher, the master and creator of the universe. I bless you. Amen. Thank you for coming today. encourage you to use your notebook liberally. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.